All right. So, what are we talking about? Spirituality today, right? Spirituality. Yes. I've kind of secretly been uh, secretly been waiting for this one, but I've been trying to tell myself, Nathan, no, you can't. You can't secretly be waiting for any of them because you're going to force. You're going to force something. Maybe I'm just super excited to talk about spirituality because it's just like my jam at the moment. (laughs) It's funny because I I had a few thoughts. this week but like seeing the last couple of days have been particularly weird for me i've completely forgotten what my thoughts about (laughs) starting with a really big blank slate and uh see what comes up today between the two of us so tell me why you're so excited about this subject tell me just let's start with that um well i guess the past six months or so have been like a roller coaster of kind of really rediscovering my my spirituality like my my connection with divine my connection with god like for the first time in my life not being afraid or weird to use the word god because it no longer means oppressive religion anymore even though it meant that for so long you know like it's finally shed all of this weight like it's huge yeah and i feel it in like my everyday activity i feel the shift and I guess, yeah, that's probably why I've been super excited just because it's like the thing that I'm really actively participating in, in terms of how we talk about, you know, each week developing different aspects of ourselves, mm. mentally, physically, spiritually, but then even within that, in terms of like the interpersonality of things or the very selfish personal development side of things or our own qualities and characteristics or our observation of the world and our reaction to the world, this one in particular in terms of like surrendering to the spiritual experience has been is really at the forefront of of what my what my my um yeah what my path is at the moment I guess Mm. so I'm just feeling like I'm in it yeah well I always remember that moment that I shrugged off and it was very late for me the the idea of God being a very open concept and it was in one of the podcasts on A Course in Miracles um that I, I think i've shared with you philip urso's um sort of mm. maybe you've listened to some maybe you haven't but one of them particularly was it really just the way he talked about it was like uh, the word god you have this whole attachment to it and especially when you've grown up in a religious environment like i was as you have you were as well that comes this whole connotation with it that you've had to throw off you know um and and when you throw that off, when you throw religion off in, in a way to find your own freedom or find your own path. So it, you, you generally, every time you hear that word, it has connotations to it. And when, it, when, when they sort of brought that up in the podcast about my own shit with it, you know, it suddenly was a really breakthrough moment for me. Um, and I was like, I don't have to have that feeling about that word. I don't have to be so doesn't have to be such a dogmatic repressed sort of word for me it can be whatever you want it to be it could be and you don't even have to use that word but when when people use that word you can replace it with another word if it makes you feel better it's just a fucking word (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally and and i was like oh my god it's just a fucking word you know it was like a really breakthrough moment for me (laughs) because i was like it is just a word and i'd been carrying that from you know through my childhood through my 20s and into my 30s before i realized that 
I don't really need to attach such drama to the words G-O-D. And I thought that was really... Since then, I, I'm really quite okay with the any kind of interpretation of God because I feel like everybody has their own interpretation of what that is. But I, I kind of wanted to ask you to sort of begin with, like, when you... What do you... Like, how do you define spirituality? Spirituality... I think, no, I don't think, I feel. Like that's one one thing, okay, I get, I start in this way in terms of rather than what it is, what it isn't. I don't think spirituality is thoughts. So I don't think it's something we can think yeah. and it can't come to us in, in words or language in terms of communication in, in, the, in, the normal, in the normal sense of like a different kind of language, like English or whatever. Yeah. So I don't think... It's not, it's not thoughts in terms of the mental aspect or the mind. And it's not feelings because that's, for me anyway, this is my discovery is feelings are of the body. You know, they're of the, the physical sensation of the, the heat of anger or like the coolness of tranquility and like these different temperatures in the body and the, the tingling of, you know, of fear, you know, or, or kind of when something surprises or shocks you, you get that feeling in the back of your neck, you know, those physical sensations are emotions to me. So it's not feeling. Spirituality is like this other, this other element or force, I guess, which is kind of like a magnetism and it pulls you in a direction that is resonating to what your destiny is in a way like what your what your kind of what your maximal what, how how you how you become your your maximal self your best self or whatever and not in like the cheap kind of you know manifest your intent intention kind of best self kind of way like just how can you how can you live life completely at peace completely at ease completely untouched and invulnerable to to all of the all of the things that come your way. Not to say that, you know, hardship will not come to you because it definitely will, but it's the it's not only the resilience to survive the hardships, but also the drive to overcome them. Like the actual spark that's saying, no, I will best this. I will overcome this. Like it's like a, yeah, I can only describe it as like a magnetism, a, a, a pulling towards something. Mm. And then in terms of, I like what you, when you use the word interpretation, but at the same time, I feel like interpretation is a funny one because it's like, sure, like everyone is, has their own individual connection with this divine force or whatever it is. And it's, it's up into, it's in, it's interpretable in terms of how you kind of apply it to your life. But in one way, I'm starting to feel that spirituality is something that's actually a great unifier. It's very objective. It's not actually, there's something beyond the subjective interpretation of spirituality that's common amongst all of us human beings, because we all have a sixth sense for this, this divine magnetism. You know, you feel it in the joy when you see like a, a fan, like a, like when a family member has a baby and you meet that baby and you feel so connected to this little thing mm. and it's beyond family, it's beyond flesh, you know, it's beyond the emotions you feel for these people. There's something, I'm even getting goosebumps talking about it. It's like, there's something so profound in the unity of human nature and our faults and our successes and all of the things that make us 
that make a life's journey. That for me is spirituality, like understanding that there is something that's so universal that we can all tap into and kind of surrender to, to help guide us through our lives and kind of to an extent make decisions for us. You know, we talk about the gut instinct or we talk about, you know, the, the chakral energy and stuff. And you talk about these different kind of interpretations of similar things. And they're all, this, they're all very similar for me in terms of just this, uh, yeah, like an energy or a force or a magnetism. And, and that connection with that is personal. It's universal in a way. And it's also, it expresses itself through a religious practice potentially. So for me, religion, which would be an extension of spirituality is just like how we feel that spirituality is real by going to a place every Sunday, a place of worship, because for us that represents a, a real, that's a real interpretation of a feeling, a sensation. Sure. And so it's not defined by the place, but the place is just an expression of it or something. And that, that would be the next extension. But I think that's, that's all for now that I'll say, because mm. it's a lot at once. <laughs> that, was, that is, I'm still reeling from it all. <laughs> I think interpretation is, <laughs> interpret, yeah, interpretation is the wrong word. I think more of it's a manifestation. People look at the same thing from different points of view for me, I think. So it, yeah it's all the one thing and if you go back there's this wonderful book on the history of religion and it talks about how um religion evolved around the world it's i've been a very long time since i've read it i need to read it again but it it talks about how you know that they all stem from the same thing you know our relationship with the stars and the moons and the the seasons and the sun and the planets mm. and all of that sort of stuff and and we've we've found meaning in that um and it has been bred and fed in different manifestations in different communities across the globe yet we're always talking about this other being or this other thing whether it be god or our connectivity or our universality that sort of thing i think for me from a spirituality is something that's really you know it's about being in alignment with your spirit right but what is that that that's something that is <laughs> your own journey and in that i don't think there's a wonderful thing if is like you're never actually gonna know because you don't really know the universal truths of the world right maybe we will when we die but like not yeah this, yeah <laughs> not on this earth and not in this planet and so a spiritual path or a spiritual journey is the exploration of that throughout your life um and how that manifests uh and it's kind of it could drive people crazy that i don't i don't know i don't like to when i i'll reverse back back in 2008 mm. um i was working on the creation of house of dancing water and i was in belgium and i didn't have a lot of friends um I didn't know many people and I was working really hard and stuff. So on the weekends, I um, I spent a lot of time studying different religions and reading a lot about different, you know, aspects of spirituality. And um, I just I just dug I dug really deep about what that was. Yeah. And I and I really found that like I'm just I'm just not ever gonna know. Um, and also that it was okay for me not to know or. I think I went down the path of going, like, let me decide what religion's for me. Like, it was kind of that kind of exploration, you know. It's like what resonates with me mostly. And it turned out that 
that I, I couldn't attach myself to any any one of them right I couldn't even well I, I love you know Buddhist principles you know and I, I did a lot of yogi yogic study at that time and I loved all of the that but I couldn't there was I couldn't attach myself and go I'm a one-off believer in this path right and so I kind of got from that point was like I don't actually have to know but I just have to continue along that path um and and find my way and I think that's really how I approach it and I you know if people tell me do I believe in God like I just don't think it's important that me this human being Anna what it does not important what I believe there is what is oh, wow there is what is right and I don't know what that is. And is it important that I know what it is? Not really, because I'm part of a bigger thing than me in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> is that too much? Mic drop. That is great. No, that's fucking excellent. Because that's, I, I vibe on that big time. It's like, <laughs> who do you think you are that it's important that you know or not? Exactly. Right. <laughs> You know, I've been saying that a lot to myself, like, who do you think you are? It's like, yeah. why, like why do you think you, you're meant to have this, like, that there's a, I don't know, there, there's like an urgency to, to pin something down and define it, right? There's this, and that's such a human thing. It's a trait, it's, but it's also like, it's also a really good, a, a good, uh, what's the word? It's a good trait because it's helped us develop the life that we have. You know, we make decisions about, our identity, we make decisions about what we surround ourselves with in terms of things. We make decisions about what food we eat. We make decisions about our physical activity and how we want to take care of ourselves. Or, you know, we we make these really big decisions that are all come stemming from definitions and boxes. If I do this, this is good for me because X, Y, and Z. And then yeah. I think we just accidentally move that into this spirituality side of things. And it's like, oh, actually it's the opposite of of it's the most human but also the opposite of everything that it means to be human in yeah. a way because it's nothing to do with definitions or no, or knowing knowing is an interesting one because I, something I, I really like in the, what um course in miracle says was uh this one was one that really like for me it was a bit of a a slap in the face actually um it was that flipping the idea between of knowledge and belief. And rather than saying, oh, I believe in the spirit or I believe in God, I believe in the ethereal. I know God. I know the spirit. I know the ethereal. I know the abstract. And I actually believe in reality because I trust that when I turn this handle, this door will open. And that trust in reality is a belief system, not a knowledge system. Mm. Whereas the knowledge system of spirituality is there is no denying that I am part of something that I cannot understand, but that is ingrained in everything I do and everything everyone else does to me. Mm. Something like that. Do you feel like that you've had experiences that you cannot explain? <sighs> cannot explain. I mean, there's a couple of spooky stories from my teenagehood of when my when I, my my grandmother passed. Mm. 
Yeah. And there were a couple of things that happened around that death in terms of some strange things happening in the night involving, you know, candles or a, a curtain rustling, like stuff like that. And I don't, it's such a distant memory as well, but that would be the only thing that I can think of where there's been some kind of like event yeah. or happening that's just been kind of like, that's a bit spooky, you know. You know, the little dog came out at just a certain time and stood in such a certain place and stared at a certain point in the room and then the curtain moved and then my grandfather woke up and then he said, your grandmother's here and then he went back to bed. <laughs> like weird stuff like that. Like really, that was a weird time. Yeah. But that's the only thing that I can think of in terms of that. But outside of that, I think that like uh, when I think about <laughs> when I think about my life and the experiences I've had, I'm for some reason I just have this feeling that like I really have a very deep feeling that everything has turned out exactly the way that it's meant to because mm. I almost can't explain I can connect the dots as to like you know me being here is a a series of dots that started when I was like 16, say, and I can map out the exact people that were involved in bringing me to this very moment because yeah. as well, like it's a collaboration, right? You, you do share your intentions and you share your visions and your dreams, but you know, collaborations are what get you here. It's working with people, people trusting you, you trusting them and, and together you, you cultivate life, independent lives that are intertwi intertwined, I guess. Mm. And I can point all of these points and all of them are like, man, they're all like perfect time, perfect place, like divine intervention, like a moment, you know? Yeah. And for me, I take that. I, that's, that's the other thing that I think of when you ask me that question. Yeah. What about you? Oh, it's a big question, isn't it? I, I think to start <laughs> off with that, talking about your life, I think that there's certain things that I, I knew that I, I knew and I know um, when they happen. Like, for example, and it's hard to say whether I self-manifested that or whether I just knew it and it happened. Do you know what I mean? So I'll give you an example. There's, there's really only three things that I can think of, but I know for a very fact. I knew that I was going to work in Las Vegas well, well before I, there was any opportunity for me to work in Las Vegas, like years before. I used to joke about it when I worked at the back of Glen Street Theatre in North Sydney. I was like, one day I'm mm. going to work in Vegas. And then we'd all laugh because it's like, how am I going to get a, a green card to go to work in Vegas? Like it was a thing. And um, and I and in some way innately I knew. And then when I was in Vegas, I knew that I was going to work in a French-speaking country for sure. And I thought, oh, maybe it's France or maybe it's Montreal or blah, blah, blah. It ended up being Belgium and I was surrounded by French people in there. And I just, I just, and I had the feeling that I knew that that was going to happen way before that it happened, right? So it's even the, again, no inkling of it. And then the last one I know was when I first met Jay. Um, he says it was a different thing, but I, for, me, for me, I remember it was in an elevator. And I looked at him and I had this feeling that I'm going to know this guy for the rest of my life. <laughs> and it wasn't an attraction thing. I wasn't attracted to him. I wasn't love at first sight. It was none of that. All I had this feeling was when I looked at him, I was like, I, I'm going to know this guy for the rest of my life. And that was all I felt. 
And that was a really weird feeling. So those three things that I felt that I know, and I, I don't know, again, if I then manifested that, who, who knows what came first. And Have you seen the TV series, side note, the, uh, Dark? Just called Dark? No. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. This is like, <laughs> this is so on par with, I can't even, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm speechless, really. It was such a hard work to get through. It was really long and hard, and it was very rewarding mm-hmm. in the end. But it's all about, it's all about that. I don't want to tell you anything about it. Go and watch it. It's a German. It's, no, it's I will. On, it's on sure. Netflix. It's it's German. It's hard work. It's three seasons. It's worth it. But it really doubles with um, your actions and consequences and time and time travel and all of this sort of stuff. It's really heavy and interesting, and it's. And, and mm. different worlds and it's just out there um so try it it's 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 worth it but i was texting my friends who recommended to me is that if these if they got if these guys leave me dangling and it's going to remain unexplained i'm going to punch a wall like this is going to happen i'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like i've watched three seasons of this and if they don't tie the knot at the end i'm going to be like losing my mind Furious. <laughs> yeah i'll be like so livid but they did it was fine um and then to talk about things that like um, that I can't explain, I, I have one particularly very um, poignant moment. I had left, I don't know if I told you, I'd left Australia in 2005 and my great-grandmother was still alive but she was not going to live for much longer and I, I remember going to visit her. Uh, I think we spoke about this. I remember going to visit her and um, saying goodbye pretty much like, we knew when we looked at each other this would be the last time that we'd see each other mm. in this physical world and 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 that was quite moving for me um and i was in london maybe i don't know maybe three or four months later and i got on the train one morning and i was standing up the tube i got onto the tube and i had this feeling i had this vision of like flash of my great grandmother and I felt like somebody just punched me in the gut so much so that I sat down on the MTR I sat down on the MTR and I had for like it felt like it felt ages but I'm sure it was only a few seconds just an an image of of her in in my head like right in front like in my vision and with this big Mm. gut punch and I, I knew she was gone and I went home and I I said to my boyfriend at the time I said I think my great grandmother's like passed and that night my mum called me to tell me that she had and I was like, wow, I felt that. I like literally felt that I was on the other mm. side of the world and I knew that. And I can't, I can't explain that. Like, um, it's just one thing that happened. And, and, you know, I don't sit there and overanalyze it or try and work it out or try and do it again. It, it's just something that happened and I know it happened. And mm. I think if you're open to that and people really work actively to be in that space, more often than perhaps I do. I think you can be quite receptive to those things, but I am a person that operates on instinct personally. So I do follow, I, I don't, whenever I, um, it's kind of sidetracking a little bit, but whenever I have to make a decision, it's never really a decision. I know what I want to do, right? So I never write a pros and cons list and weigh things up. Like I just know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I never question that. So. That's kind of, I don't know whether that's attached to spirituality or being in tune with my spirit, but I really feel, um, I know when I'm not in alignment, right? Like I know when things are off and I have to go down a path to fix that. 
for sure you feel you feel when the borders you feel when the borders have kind of like overlapped a little bit and you're not like neatly in that seat anymore you're a bit yeah. you're a bit like, disrupted and like not in week. not in the positive sense when we talk about yeah 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 great yeah. example right yeah and it's different to like the disruption or agitation that we've referred to in terms of to, to shake things up, to kind of make something new or kind of inspire a new kind of growth or direction or inspiration. It's a different one. There's like an unsettled, yes, like an unsettled feeling. And I wrote this poem a few months ago and I don't have it in front of me to read, but uh, the gist of the inspiration of it, I think was more, more relevant than the content, but it was called The Spirit's Sleep. And I just had this idea of like, Sometimes, you know, when, when we go through waves, you know, we might go through, uh, like, if you, if anyone has experienced kind of like mild, um, more intense depression, like over the span of years, like, you know, I, I would, I would argue that the majority of people have depressant tendencies during teenagehood and they experience all the teen angst and the, and the emotional mental frustrations there that these cycles come, you know, cycles of, you know, a couple of weeks of feeling down and then maybe a week of feeling pretty good and then another couple of weeks of down and it's up and down and it's kind of like this wave and spikes, peaks and troughs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was wondering in my mind, I was like, I wonder if the spirit has its own kind of sine wave of, of ducking in and out of our lives or at least that our lives are configured in such a way that we become open to resonating at the same frequency as the spirit. Mm. Like it comes, it's like, and then all of a sudden it's like a, it's almost like it's always there, but all of a sudden we're able to be superimposed where the two realities can kind of, you know, the two puzzle pieces of the same shape and all of a sudden snap, you're in it and you're feeling this flow, this magic where it's just like, Everything is, I always thought that that would be a kind of thing like, wow, I feel really in control of my life mm. where actually it, it's not that because when I'm in control of my life in terms of I'm got my, my routines are, are, are pretty good. I'm negotiating well with my routines and my discipline. I'm making time for me. I'm negotiating time with, with work, not overworking, but also not slacking off like, you know, giving the 105%, not the 110, whatever, like mm. cruising, but also being productive and feeling good, that that actually is not the source of the joy of living. That actually puts me in a position to be open to receive the joy, which is always there. Yeah. It doesn't come from me. It, it's like given to me in a way. Yes. And I think like it's, the receptivity similar to how you described the experience that you had on the train it's this it's this receptivity i think that yeah and also as you said like we, we can like dig all around it to try and find an explanation or find a reason but it's it's less about that and it's more about trying to i guess maybe describe the experience as best as we can for the purposes of sharing right because we can't i can tell you how i experienced the spirit and some of that stuff might resonate. Some of that stuff might inspire. Some of that stuff might help. Mm. But it's not necessarily going to be the thing that's like, here you go. This is what you have to do and how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> how we talk about the self-help books or the, or the uh, 
the like some speakers and stuff like that where it's like it's not a one size fits all for sure yeah but that it's just it's just I guess wanting it right like being open to it and wanting it to happen in a way actually thinking that it might be beneficial to you well exploring it you know I think you know sitting in that space of openness and exploration and I think I think similarly I think it's it's quite a good concept that you've you've said is that you you when you're in that zone you're able to receive it and I think you yes underlying I think everything goes in phases um so many things that I is cyclical right and like life and and seasons and suns and moons everything in your own personal life is cyclical so there's things that come and go Mm. and and I watch that in you know even say it with my children oh it's a phase you know they're going through this phase where this is their obsession or this is their thing right now and 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 this phase might be short or it might be long and and things can be and you can't always be on this amazing even keel of wonderful enlightenment right and I feel Mm. like for me say something like this week that's been particularly tough for me is like okay you're you're off the track right so you've got to get yourself back on the track um and and it's kind of like when you're not in the on the track it's it's kind of a nudge to get back into the zone of okay what what's feeding you and what's inspiring you and what's um motivating you to live the life that you do and 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 that's the kind of I think it's just a similar similar way of looking at what you're saying is just being open to receive it and if I've closed too many doors because of certain stresses or obligations or I'm focusing on the wrong things it's like okay wall back where where Mm. where do I need to um pay attention to to put, put myself back on the right track so I think I guess that's just how I approach it Nice. I like that. It's a, it's interesting. Hey, like when we, when we, we might be doing all of the same things that we're always doing that produce, well, what we think produces the, uh, I guess the good feelings or the feeling that we're, you know, in control of things or that things are going well, things are smooth, things are functioning, things are productive, moving forward, progress, growth, all the things. Mm. And then it's like, you just wake up one day and it's like, oh man, I don't feel any of that. Yeah. But it's like, nothing is different. Exactly. So and that, you know, to, me, that to me, yeah. It's the end of the cycle, right? So it's like, okay, that cycle worked for you for that period of time, that year of COVID where you sat at your desk and did all that work, that worked. Now it's not working. So go figure your shit out. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah spice it up yeah Yeah. you know and that's the thing because you know that most of the time anything truly creative um comes from that we go which the word we love that agitation right so you're like okay what am i not seeing what am i what am i what should i be doing and and again when you can look at it in that way it opens up a lot of opportunity if you can get out of your funk right like you and and that's where i think the foundation of the work that i've done in my life it, I can see how people, personally, I can see how people can spiral into a really bad place because I, I think, like you said, everybody has depressive tendencies and I too have the ability can, to, to go down a cycle, but I have all of these things that I utilise to remedy that, right? And so once I see myself go off the track, I'm like, okay, well, let's 
let's start putting these things back into practice so I can uh, find my new path, whatever that be. And once you're out of that, maybe the funk, you, you actually see some beautiful opportunities. But again, I'm, I'm kind of wired to be optimistic like you mm. are. So, I, But I can see how easily that could go down the wrong track for another person. And that fascinates me because I wonder if if people do explore and read and um, discover and even talk about spirituality like we are, if, if they're constantly breaking that down, would they also have a, 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 the ability to navigate themselves out of that or is that going to send them crazy no matter what? You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. There's there's that other layer of like you wanting the change or you wanting to explore something, but actually being ready to receive the information. Mm. Like I remember when when I kind of threw off religion when I was around 15, 16, I'd just done Lent for 40 days and I was so proud of myself because I was like vegan for 40 days, nothing from an animal. So happy about it. My family was really proud of me because, you know, I did it for Jesus. <laughs> and um <laughs> but uh, my aunt bought me a bible at the end of it to be like here's a little bible for you as a congratulations and I was so stoked because I've never been bought a bible before I always just had a bible in scripture when we did greek greek orthodox scripture like at school or whatever or mm-hmm. we had I think my mom had one maybe I don't even maybe she had a pocket book which was like a summary of of quotes rather than an actual full bible or something is that even a thing um, yeah you can you can get like the little, there's little ones where they just like have short passages from certain things. Like it might just be like a book of John. That's just like a little thing, you know, oh, like yes. separate no, I do remember. parts. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Right. You have like separate things. Mm-hmm. I say book of John, but I don't think book of John is very Greek. Like it wouldn't, there wouldn't have been <laughs> not a very Greek name, but I don't know what the same would be. But uh, anyway, she, so I got this Bible and I was like, oh, great. I'll read it, you know. And so I'm reading it, reading it, reading it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember all these stories from scripture and I'm reading it through and it's complicated and the language is, you know, interesting and it's parts are really vague. Other parts are like really, really specific, like ritual wise. And there's just a book of stories. And I kind of thought to myself, wow, this is not. Well, the first thing I think I thought was this is not something to be afraid of because my my religious practice when I was a child was all based around fear fear mm-hmm. of doing something wrong right because i remember this story that that's, my that's, that's um, like the catholic oh oh yes don't yeah. even start i feel I that fit, stuff right i remember I I, I, rem- I I felt that when you said that i just i literally felt that when you just said that <laughs> oh like, you're like i was a punch in the gut right there but i felt that yeah that was my I, childhood man <laughs> yeah it was this 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 fear you know sleeping with the cross under my pillow and praying at night like the saint doing the stuff at all and all the things and it's just a lot but then and that's when I kind of thought oh this is not for me mm. and that's when I started doing doing a lot of reading into like philosophy and you know the that that stuff was kind of really feeding this search for meaning I guess which is what which was what was left empty after I kind of shrugged off my religious religious upbringing mm. but that sur- that thirst for knowledge or the thirst for or the, the inquisitiveness that just would not abate really exposed me to a lot of um stuff that I wasn't really ready for like I was reading like a lot of you know a lot of Nietzsche and like a lot of really kind of you know Schopenhauer like a lot of dark cynical philosophy mm. that's also 
it's really old as well. You know, this stuff is like 17, 1800. So it's kind of, you know, semi-relevant because it's, you know, post-industrial age and like semi-modern, but it's not, it's not present now, you know, it's not what's happening in this moment. So it's yeah. still a very different context to our life, you know, even Sartre and the being and nothingness existentialism all came out of like the frustrations of the war, you know, and the, the, the battle between the, the, the huge battle which was, is communism right for us? Is actually communism going to be the way forward because everything else is falling apart? Like <laughs> these philosophies came out of those discussions, you know, like those, those philosophies came out of political discussions. Mm. But they, and they were all about, you know, discovering who we are as people and what we're doing here and how we create meaning in our lives. But it really was, I would say in a way, it was a bit harmful because even though I was really um i was open i was so open because i was searching that everything was coming in unfiltered but i wasn't looking at things through a skeptical lens or through a critical thinking lens it was definitely teaching me how to be more critical of other things but i was kind of a bit blinded to it because i was just letting it come in mm. and i think that that kind of took me away from I guess, really diving into spirituality because on the side of that, I was meditating and we had an exchange student who's uh, who was Buddhist upbringing and Buddhist family structure. And so her and I would have tons of conversations about Buddhist practice and philosophy and all this kind of stuff. So it was happening in the background, but it wasn't in the forefront of my attention. Mm. My attention was more on the kind of really cold philosophical side of trying to understand what the human being is and it wasn't until much much later that that kind of started to change again because I thought as well like it, it wasn't very cool to be openly spiritual like I thought I would be a bit rejected by my friends if I was too open about really believing in this like river of light that's flowing through all of us which is so hippie like it's so intense but really like I so feel it yeah and i'm finally confident enough to be able to be like you know what actually no i'm 100 percent a spiritual being like beyond <laughs> anything like 100 percent. but i was really yeah intimidated by intimidated by what it meant before because i yeah i did think it would be like uncool or like you know all of my friends were atheists so it was kind of like not really very, very critical of spiritual practice and stuff. So I wasn't really in an environment where it could really cultivate, or maybe I'm just, say, I'm also saying that to myself because maybe I was just the one that was afraid and I was the one who didn't think it was cool. You know, maybe it was me. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it was more of a, like a, like I didn't go out to seek it for sure. And uh, it was kind of introduced, you know, I, in my late teens, I kind of threw off the Catholic aspect of my life and I stopped going to church and all of that sort of thing and I didn't really have I didn't really think about it you know I was in my early 20s and I was thinking about my career and my life and I didn't really it wasn't a thing at all I didn't really have any of those kind of deep conversations and then I think probably the the turning around to it and although having said that I was naturally inquisitive like I'd always read really like mm -hmm. weird ass books about 
stuff. But I would never tell people I'm reading books like that. Like I'd be like reading all my novels and then every once in a while I'd be reading a book on spirituality or blah, 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 you know. And then I think really the the evolution of it came from me beginning to do yoga. And again, I came from a, a sports philosophy. I, I couldn't, I had major shin splints, so I couldn't run. And so, and I went to this sports podiatrist who told me that I would never run again, which is bullshit but anyway um and and but i'd have to just go find something else and uh and uh, a friend of mine who i was working with at the time megan carter she just friends with her she's still in she lives in singapore she's like well come to yoga with me and it was and i was introduced to bikram yoga and so for the first two months sorry two months i did that and then for the first two years i think I did that and power yoga or whatever. And I, and I didn't even dance in that realm in terms of, and I was like, when they got to the arming or whatever, I'm like, oh, please shut up. Let me go home. You know, I was like, I've <laughs> been interested. Um, but quite naturally when you open up your body and you evolve, um, it creeps in. Do you know what I mean? Quite naturally mm. it creeps in. And, and that's when I think it really, really started to lay lay layers onto me over time and that's why i feel like i'm quite empathetic when i go to a yoga class and the teacher goes straight into like a real spirit spirituality and you can see people reacting the wrong way it's why whenever i go into a yoga class and to teach i never plan the class because i try and feel what those people are feeling and go in that direction and if they if i feel that they're receptive to that kind of level then i'll go there but if they're not if they're there for the workout then i stay at that level with them because there's no point forcing them into it you know because they're not they're gonna it's gonna re mm. they're going to reject that so i feel very sensitive to that which is yeah i mean me, me and my relationship with going to yoga classes is long and arduous anyway but like um <laughs> so but it, yeah so for me that's where i started to dig and 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 then that time in 2008 where i spent a lot of time uh and now i just dabble i guess when when i when i need to no that's awesome that's awesome i'd i similar thing when i do yoga here at work on saturdays it's the same thing it's unplanned but I do kind of, I do find myself sometimes forcing the spiritual agenda a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I feel it's weird because I understand that it's kind of, uh, it's such an interesting thing where it's like, everyone can believe, everyone believes in what they believe in. Yeah. And my response to that is always like, yeah, and it's forgiven. It's like a very spiritual answer. It's like, yeah. it's forgiven that you can believe that there's no God and you're forgiven for that. Yeah. You can be forgiven. God forgives you that you don't believe in him. Like, like something that's so almost like it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, I think it's it also, chill. Just be a it nice person. It comes down to the delivery too. Like you can come across with, you know, not being sure. this advocate of it, but just to drop drops of that into, into your class and stuff like that to that people go, they can either take it or leave it. Right. For sure, for sure. And like you said, like being really receptive to to how people are going to digest certain information because you can you can talk about something, you could talk about spirituality, you could be intending something spiritual in your mind while you talk to someone about the stock market. They don't know that you're actually talking about spiritual concepts in terms of the way that they that the advice that you might be giving about the way that they have a relationship with their money. 
Yeah. But you could be in, you could be intending that and they don't even know. And so I think that like, this is an experience that I've had with my flatmate a few times since I've moved here, actually, where, and we've spoken very openly about it, where we might be having a conversation and then all of a sudden we will switch from talking about whatever it is that we're talking about to talking about the fact that we both feel that we're communicating to each other on a level that neither of us can comprehend or understand. And we sit there and we stare at each other and we feel like we're talking to each other. Mm-hmm. That we understand each other on a level that, and I've not had this experience with people regu- in a regular way like I do with Alex at the moment. And I think Alex was a massive, for, for both of us, we've talked about this, about me moving here and us living together has been a trigger for both of us because we, we both needed each other at, the exact, at this exact moment for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I was just saying that you can communicate on a level to someone that's not verbal. Obviously, you have verbal, you have body language. And then I think there's a spiritual language as well, which is kind of intention, right? But not intention in the way that it's like, you know, what's your intention for this for this thing? Or what's your intention? What's our intention with this podcast or whatever? And it's kind of like, well, no, it's not about my intention as in me, as in Nathan. It's about what's the intention of the spirit what is the purpose of this meeting, you know, like this coming together of two beings. And that intention is something that resonates in the background and it's something that communicates through me. And so when I'm talking to people at work about work things, I'm letting that thing through, even though the language is not spiritual. And for me, that's a really active participation in the experience of spirituality, knowing that it's always there, even when you're like, sitting on the toilet, whatever, like it's just, whatever, it's always, it's always there, you know, it's working, it's doing something. I totally get that. And I think that there are certain people that sit on the same, say, frequency as you, right? And you, there's such a resonance with that person that you feel such a connection with them because of whatever that frequency is not and i'm not to say that like the frequency is probably the wrong word because i don't think everybody's on the same sort of velocity or pace right like you don't it doesn't need to be somebody who is like you at all or live at the same pace but there's something that Mm. which is what i find quite funny because i might connect with i think like you you and i live at a very you're a far more what I foresee far more sort of um like more chill than how I usually am yet somewhere in that frequency between you and me there's a connection that locks right and that there's a there's something there that that, that that's been that you probably wouldn't say it's it's not even a friendship because we had that even when we were working together or you know it's, it's beyond that it's just something that's like I get you and you get me and 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 that person then is in a wonderful place is able to move you forward and i i think the weirdest thing is for me is like i just and i said this to a friend i said it to rex this week you know there's certain people here in hong kong yeah they're fun to hang out with but i don't have any reson resonance with them 
and so therefore my time with them feels um, almost futile, right? And I feel like I'm only now actively seeking out the people that I feel that resonance with for my own peace, I think. I think in this kind of situation, say my own mental state or mental health right now, I need to be in the presence of people that are like that because they, they will help me get back onto my tracks, right? Those people will help mm. me get back into the, the the rhythm that I need to. And when I am full, then I can go and spend time with other people and be social and people that I less like. But if I'm depleted, I, I need those people I can lock with to fill me up. Um, and I find that quite fascinating because I feel like there's some people I just love to see. Like I just love to see them. I, I love that they're in my life and I love yeah. when I hear from them and I – and, and it's funny when some of them are like, oh, I don't want to be a bother. I'm like, you can't understand. You would never be a bother to me. You know, you would never be a bother to me. I would move heaven and earth for you. I'd give you my house to live in if you needed it for a few months. Like, if you don't understand, like, sometimes I feel like maybe I don't understand. I don't tell them that enough or I'm not expressive enough. If they if they feel like they come out with something that, like, is kind of foreign to me it's like but you don't understand what you mean to me do you know what i mean maybe i'm not expressive enough mm. <laughs> sometimes it's kind of interesting yeah. wow wow what are your thoughts on that in terms of friendships yeah well that thing you're saying about like when we when we need two things that really popped in was where but like almost I feel there's this sense of like where where people of utility you know where we utilize the resources that we have we you know we recognize who can provide what based on you know what we need to achieve you know like people represent things you know we're all we're all we're all tools for each other to, to craft out this, the life that we want or the community that we want to build and how can we share resources with each other and what can we bring to others and what can they bring to us? Mm. And that's a very like tactile expression of human beings. Like they represent the things that they bring, you know, the, the hunter gatherer forager vibe, you know, they bring, they bring those things to the table. And then there's the mental aspect. They bring their ideas, they bring their demeanor, like those kinds of things. Mm. But then we don't really stop to think too much about what does someone bring to me spiritually? Mm. Because it might be that if you're not open for them to come at that time, then you're not going to see the gifts that they have at the table for you. Because it's like receiving is this like other side of giving. But for me, I... I came to this thing where once I kind of realized that there's no difference between giving and receiving. It's this exchange is exchange and it's not from someone and to someone else. It's just an experience in a moment of giving and receiving at the same time. They're the same thing. It's a moment of exchange. Then all of a sudden I started seeing everything differently. I stopped thinking of people draining my energy because all of a sudden I was like, it's impossible. They actually can't drain my energy because the energy is always there mm. and it's always there and it's being shared and it's in abundance. And it's kind of like, but then it was like, oh, but then how come sometimes I'm tired of people? And I think, well, 
you know, if I'm tired in the presence of someone or someone's exhausting or I'm like mustering something, it's like, oh, it's because it's just because I'm not comfortable being who I am in this moment. Because I might be in a very neutral mood and someone is super high energy. And so I'll lift my my smile and my body language to kind of mirror theirs to like contribute to the energy. And then that's really exhausting because that's actually not where I'm where I'm vibing at the moment. I'm actually a little lower down and I'm kind of at like a, a nice ebbing, peaceful, chill vibe rather than like an energetic vibe. And I feel like the exhaustion when I think that the exhaustion comes from other people kind of taking energy away from me. And it's like, no, it's actually me burning my reserves to be something other than what I actually need to be right now. Yeah. Very personal. It's, no, it's, I, it's, I, I totally agree. I think it's actually, it's, you've kind of nailed it. It's really you putting in the effort to, to hang out with that frequency that they're putting off. Right. And, mm. and if you're not up for that, then you're not going to enjoy it. <laughs> so, um, and, and I think that's really about coming to the table when you're, when you're full, right? Like when you're ready. And I think that if you, if you can't come to the table and that, and be in that moment, being that full, then maybe you've got to put yourself in another situation for a while, right? Until you're there. So yeah, I don't think it's necessarily about that person. However, I do think what you're talking about is very different to, the the being on the same frequency with pe with people that are very special to you in your life right like i feel like there's there's people that really lock in terms of synchronicity with you and um yeah. and it wouldn't be a burden if they were around all the time right so there's no there's one where you don't ha there's no energy output that you need to give when you're in their presence does that make sense it does make sense. And it's something that's actually very new for me, to be honest, because I was kind of like very much like that before I kind of started, say, touring, for example, and really living on my own a lot. And then I think I indulged too much in that kind of personal freedom mm. to the point where, like, for example, when Peter visited me in Spain, and we lived together for a few months, you'd think, oh, great, you know, partners come to live on tour. This is going to be a great time. It was really tough. It was really hard. Mm. And I felt really kind of like, why am I not fucking vibing with this? And we spoke about it very openly to each other being like, what's going on right now? Like, cause we are not enjoying, there's something that's really rough here. Like where our rough edges are like, the sand sandpaper on sandpaper right it's not flowing there's there's this there's the channel's not open for some reason yeah and it was that was interesting because it was like this is someone that you you know you love and you trust and you're really open with and someone you show all sides of yourself to and then there's a friction there and it's like whoa why is there friction in this space because this is the space where it's meant to be frictionless but it's like surprise there's probably yeah. stuff that you still there's stuff that you still need to work on probably in this place because there's all these external factors that are contributing to it not being, you know, to, to, the, to the doors not being fully open. But now, very, very recently, after Diego's visit, actually, I've come to a very different place in terms of how I share my time and energy because I realized that when I was completely alone, 
I was all of my activity and behavior was at the at, at my own whim. So I was I maybe had become accidentally too indulgent in all of my time being free. And as soon as that time was compromised by, okay, we want to do this social event, which involves me being at a place at 10 o'clock. It's like, oh, I don't know if I want to commit to that. How am I going to feel when I wake up? Maybe I won't want to do it when I wake up. And this question started coming in where I was, I stopped planning events because it was like, oh no, I want to see how I feel on the day. Mm. I was almost like scared to kind of force myself to compromise because it was feeling like it was creating too much agitation. It was too uncomfortable. It was like, sometimes I would feel like, you know, when a, a baby's crying and it's got like half a sock is off its foot and its t-shirt is in its armpit and it's like pants are halfway down the nappy. And it's like, of course it's crying. Look how uncomfortable it looks. <laughs> it's like fighting in the seatbelt. Like it's freaking out. That's how I would feel, but socially, you know, cause yeah. I'd be like, I'm not vibing with this. But then on like a, on that level, it was like, well, you have to reconfigure, for me anyway, I was like, you have to reconfigure your day so that you are ready for those things. Mm. And it's it's not like manipulating your kind of, no, what's, what am I trying to say? It's like, it wasn't necessarily, maybe I would say to myself, well, if I have to try hard to be in a good mood, Maybe I actually don't want to be around these people. And I was giving too much credence, I think too much kind of importance to the self, like the self with the little S, like the ego. I was giving too much on the let the ego drive. If the ego doesn't want to do it, then we're not going to do it. You know, that's it. (laughs) I don't feel like like it, so I don't feel like it. Don't don't question me kind of thing. But it's like, no, that's not how it actually goes when you're in the zone when you're feeling the flow with the people that you want around you that are around you. And it's a collaboration. It's not a drain. It's a very different experience, but I had to rediscover that in the past few months because that I didn't realize how lost in myself I was mm. when at the same time. And I've been, I've been just as a aside before I throw, throw it back into your court. It was like, I recently started hearing stuff about, um, like faux spirituality where it's like you know the this kind of things when it comes to like manifesting your intention or like you know thinking you know it's good to be selfish like all these kind of one-liners that kind of create a spiritual like a spiritual content or a spiritual uh like intonation when really it's just kind of like even more succumbing to the ego. And I think we mentioned it briefly in our chat earlier today when we talked about generosity. Mm. And yeah. it's this, and the same level as those things where you think you're, you think you're actually in the right place, but actually you're not because you're, you're still in the zone of intellectualization rather than surrendering all those aspects to just letting stuff happen. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot, isn't it? Yes, sorry, that was like five things at once, some unrelated. Good. I'm going to go back to, I think, relationship when it comes to a romantic relationship. it's I think that's another level, right? And I think there's another layer of complexity on that because I think there's a certain level of expectation, although there shouldn't be. Um, they're just complex. It's like a 
it's just a it's just a difficult difficult thing you know I can't deal with my personal relationship with my husband without taking into consideration um, our children our financial ties our blah 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 which mean everything and nothing at the same time right and so it's 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 a very in the the philip verso says in some of these like course in miracles podcasts he says like that that is the that's where your work is like when you get friction it's it is showing you where you need to work and your failings um and i think you kind of realized that there was something going on with whatever you'd manifested while he was away and then he comes into your life and it was a routine that you hadn't created the space for him in that and i feel like that you know if i've toured a lot or i've traveled a lot and i come back it i remember reading this um article by the arts Wellbeing collective which is they publish articles on my site and it was it was talking about how to come home post tour, right? And it gave tips and tools. Yes, of like, yes, yes. I told you about this, no? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I read the, I read through it. And one of the things that really resonated with me is like, <laughs> it was like your family needs to adjust to you being home, just as you need to adjust to being home. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, and I hadn't really because it was always about my return. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, why, why would I not expect that they've got to be in a period of adjustment? Because they've been without me for so long. So now they've got to adjust. And so coming back into that, I was a lot, after I read that, I was a lot more gentler in my approach. Do you know, like come back and, and be a little bit, not standoffish, but let them come to me as opposed to, you know, mum's home welcome me with hugs kisses you know what i mean like like don't come in with that expectation because there's a there's a sense of foreignness there um and it's such an easy thing to do when you move around or you create a different routine in your life and you do that quite naturally to make yourself feel comfortable right and if that person if that's excluded your loved one Mm. then when that person then enters your space it's only natural that there's friction but I feel like the the personal relationships on that level are just so, oh, I mean, there's so many layers and it's so complex. Bush, it's intense. On your on coming home after a long time or seeing a partner or family after stints of being away, I always think to myself, and you definitely drove home with that, you reminded me of it, um, that never, never forget that there are like you, you feel a sense of relief when you get to step away. Maybe they felt a sense of relief, not having you around for a few weeks. I know. Right. <laughs> and it's like, don't think, don't think you're this like angel that everyone's been like on a sand standstill missing you for ages. And it's like, sure. That's partly true, but also like all of the things that you cause, like the little frustration and habits that you have, cause we all have our little things you know like peter ties the tea bag around the around the teacup which i can't stand because then the tea's too strong and i'm like struggling to get it out of the tea and it's like those little things it's like so i don't have to deal with that when he's not here sure but that's like you know tiny compared to him not being here whatever but it's those things like that so it's this this whole package and so the i guess the next step from that is when we have these kind of human functional practical love you know like you said you have the you can't think about 
your partner without all of the without all of the things that you've created, including the little humans that you've created, as a part of that love, because it's a love that exists in the world that has physical manifestations. There are things that represent this love now in mm. terms of your home and and all those kind your the 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 things that you invested in whatnot. So where do we take, where do we kind of find the spiritual love within that? Yeah. I think like understanding that. That's why it's so hard, I think. I think that's we're on the same level as them, you know, like we have the same, that thing of like, well, you get a sense of relief when you're away. They're going to have that same sense of relief. You're going to miss them. They're going to miss you. There's kind of going to be, there's going to be the two sides to the coin. And I think like there's expectation and also like thinking that, remembering that everyone brings something to the table, even though you might not think that it's a valuable thing and that their drive to contribute in, in, a, in their way is like the way that they're kind of, if like all of the, if human bodies are just like a filter, right? And the spirit is like this massive well of water and the water has to go through the sieve to kind of, that goes through the sieve of our human personality and then it gets expressed in the world. We're all different sieves. So we're all filtering the water differently. It's the same water, but the way that it's expressed is different in terms of what I consider to be generous and gifting versus what someone else considers to be a a kind gesture. You know, there's the whole love languages kind of comes into that a little bit as well, maybe like, and for me, like thinking about it from that perspective that like, they're bringing things to the table because they're manifesting the spirit in their way, even if they don't realize that they are. Of course. I mean, I think the biggest lesson that I had to learn, which took me a long time in my relationship with Jay, is that there was the idea of what I wanted him to be as a father, and then there was him as a father. (laughs) (laughs) And that incongruence of, like, I don't get to tell him how to be a father. I can have influence mm-hmm. on it, but I don't get to tell him how to be that. That's his job. And and quite naturally, I think, when you create a family, you want to create and manifest a, an environment that is quite, well, I guess you probably model it off your own family environment or what your definition of a father is and what that person does and how they behave and how they manifest that. And Jay was is nothing like my father, and is and is and the, and the hardest thing to for me to accept early on in our relationship was how different he was, and not in a bad way. Although I did view it for a long time in a way, it was like I would be so very critical of it. But over time, I realized, well, I have to let him be the father that he wants to be, and the way that he wants to manifest that. And and again, that was a huge spiritual teaching moment because and that's why i think the the closest relationships are the ones that really are going to grind you right they're going to they're going to grind on any kind of thing that you need to work on in allowing people around you in your network to 
to be and 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 go do their spiritual journey the way like you said even if they're aware or unaware of it they're on a they're on a spiritual journey they're a spiritual being um and the only thing i can do is expose him to um the way i see the world and the way that i journey through the world and the way i travel through the world and he can then either choose to participate in that and onboard some of those things reject that or whatever he wants to do with it that's all i can do i can only open that door and say this is this is my life and this is my participant my way that i want to be a mother and this is the way i'd like this is my family values and and you have yours and let's see how that works out and i wonder also like is that happen i mean it must happen i think also because we did it ass backwards right because we had kids before we had a relationship so usually you mm. kind of build up this to a point where you kind of know who each other are before you have a child and so we were learning to be parents at the same time as learning to be in a relationship which was very overwhelming for the first 12 months of tyler's wow life. um also running you know one of the biggest shows in the world and working together like it was hard so hard and I, he would so say hard. too, so hard and so much work. And, um, you know, I, there were days where I like, I didn't know if we'd see it, see out the other end of it, you know, because it's just like so much, mm. so much there. Um, and what a way to fast track uh, your spiritual journey by putting yourself in that kind of situation. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Try and make oh, it work. For sure. You can express summer intensive course. Like... Yeah, exactly. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I just thought back to like when you were talking about house creation and being like, make it harder, make it harder as a joke. You're like, damn it, God, why'd you take me so literally? I know. Wow. That was like, seriously, though. He's like, here you go, girl. You want that? All right. Oh, you want it harder, eh? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. I totally got oh. it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I get, um, it's funny. I, I, it's, this balance between the material world and jobs and money and relationships and sex, like everything that's here. And then the whole spiritual side of, of everything in terms of, you know, what's really real, what's really me. I don't know. I want to say important or meaningful, but like this kind of, I don't know. Both things are here. And sometimes I get lost in thinking that one has to be more important than the other. One has to be more real. Like one has to be kind of the primary driver. The thing, the thing that you're primary in, in primarily in service to, you know, like for example, like, but like Bhagavad Gita with um, the, the king with, Krishna and he's and Krishna says to him, you know, we have to go to war against these people. And he's like, yeah, but they're my family. And then he's like, well, no, we have to go to war with them. Right. That we have to, that's just what we have to do. And he's like, yeah, but you're on my side. And everyone knows that whoever's side Krishna is on, is going to win the war because you're not going to lose the war with God on your side. Impossible. Like it's not a, you can't conceive of God losing because God is, is everything. Yeah. And so it's like, if we know that we've already won the war, do we have to go through it? Like, do we, do we have to kill all these innocent people when we know we've already won? And this whole book is like all based on that, that dialogue between, okay, so we have this life where we have, you know, we have 
we have romantic relationships and we have sex and we have, you know, desire and temptation and we have things that feel good and hedonism and, and things that, you know, like material comforts and, you know, shelter and then luxury on top of that. Like, I always think to myself, like, far out, like, I have that little dialogue within my head really often. And sometimes it gets, it gets, I get really like, not, I think before I would maybe punish myself a little bit, I was a bit more hard on myself of being like, Nathan, you can't really talk about spirituality unless you give all of your things away and go and live in the mountains. Like I was very much, you have to be all in, you know, otherwise you're just fucking talking shit. Like, who do you think you are? Because you're just another person in the world. And then I think to myself, well, exactly. You're just another person in the world. So you're figuring it out the best way that you can. And you're just trying to balance and juggle all of the things and negotiating, you know, what you spend on and what you waste and, and what you preserve. And I don't know, what's your relationship with that dialogue? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very stay in the real world you know, and I, and, and mm. let that spirituality ooze out in your relationships and in the way that you work or whatever. And I feel like there's such a beautiful divine feeling when you're on, when you're in the real world, but you're acting from the place of spirit. And, and I think that's where your purpose lies. And the reason that I say that is because I think if you go and for some people that to go meditate in a cave for 20 years, but I feel like the only way that you, as we are all collective humanity, we're all there to, to collectively go on this journey together. And if you're not participating in that and inviting other people into that, I feel it comes back to that, you know, I feel I'm at that stage in my life where it's, it's about that giving and sharing and, 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 exposing people maybe to that and, and if I'm in a place where you know I'm in the middle of Saudi Arabia as a woman exuding that in a corporate environment and and that can be quite a profound moment to mm. act from a place of spirit right and I find that when I say make it harder I think those harder situations is the more opportunity for your spirit to shine and I feel like that's now, if, if I can tap into that in a moment where I'm not in my head or trying to run a show or whatever, if I tap into that, it's such a powerful place to be in, you know. And I like, and it's about that presence. And I, you know, I don't know if I ever told you, but I always used to like, you know, I got really tired of calling the House of Dancing Water over and over and over again. And at the start of um, every show, after I called Winch Q five, I would tell I would tell myself, and I call it like it's your last time. Mm -hmm. And I would, mm -hmm. I would, and I would, I would bring that energy into that. And and when that when you bring that heart to it, oh my God, when I when when I actually called it for the last time, it was a very emotional moment after Winch Q five because it was the last time and I'd been telling myself for years, oh, <laughs> call it man. like it's your last time. And, and that moment, and it's just like, wow, that, that moment where you're in this space where you've like, you've accumulated all of this to this moment. I just, I think those are the moments where you're really living. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I love that feeling of flying in that moment. And I, and I, I seek those moments. And I think that's when, that's how I, that that going and finding those moments in 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 your 
work or your day or your interactions with people, I feel like the honing of that and the increasing of that um, is your is your goal in life. And when I look at my grandmother who lives in such a place of wonderful gratitude after all of her life, and her life hasn't always been easy or whatever, but it's just like so – I always remember this conversation. I'll tell you, it's a lovely conversation. It was many years ago. I was at my parents' kitchen table, and my grandmother and grandfather had been out. We'd been out for a day. We'd done something or whatever. And uh, <laughs> my grandmother's sitting there next to Frank, their husband of like – they had 71 years of marriage together. And, she, and Mari announced, well, Frank had a good day today. Frank goes, did I? She's like, yes, you did. And he goes, well, I must have, mustn't I? <laughs> it was just yeah. a gorgeous conversation between these two old people. It was like, I'm telling you, Frank, what? you had a good day today. But, like, there's just this place of, like, everything is a moment of beauty. And when you, if you sit in my grandmother's presence, that's what you feel with her, you know, and um, it's such a beautiful um, space to be in and I think that's 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 the goal that's I, I think for me that's I have wonderful examples of women in my family that exude that and have exuded that very late in life and I feel like that's my purpose to get to that point where I I don't have weeks like I've had this week where I'm cruising into mm-hmm. NN and it's and I'm in that zone as much as as much as possible. Of course, you can't always be in it, but I think that's the craft. The craft of spirituality is to be in that space as much as possible. For sure. I think it tells you, like, out of all of your out of all of your strengths or out of all of the gifts that you give to the people around you, there's one gift that you have like a superpower that is like your real thing. And I think keeping those ears open to the spirit is like you listening to what your real big gift to the world is. Like when you're talking about your grandmother in that story, which I thought was fucking beautiful. Like (laughs) old people are always like maximized in one dimension of personality like they are so intense in one direction you know whether it be like they're always just hugging and kissing everyone or they're always cracking jokes or they're always like in a grumpy grumpy mood or something like they really push I I feel anyway like that they really push out to an extreme in terms of a a particular expression Mm. and I think and I wonder, like, we're probably. I wonder, like, we're all pro- probably going to end up like that as we get older. We're all going to become more who, who, on one hand, who we cultivate, but then on the other hand, who we're naturally to become. And I think maybe if people, when they have their ear to the ground and they're listening to that hum of the spirit, and they can vibe on they really resonate and can be perceptive to how people react and receive them when they're giving that special gift and they choose to cultivate the thing that they're actually really good at. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like game over. They've got it. They're like a bloody, they're a superhuman as they cruise into old age and they become this like wise elder 
that gives us this source of inspiration, you know, because it's not the first time you've told me a story about your grandmother in this way. Mm. And it's like, I love that they leave such an imprint on you in terms of how they carry their character, you know? Yeah, they do. Definitely. And I wonder, if, I think that for me, I think to bring spirituality into that, I think it's, that's a plays a, that I think that plays a big part in, in developing that, that personality, knowing what you're meant to give, you know, and it's not a destiny in terms of what, how you're meant to change the world, but it's a destiny in terms of how you're meant to just inspire the people around you. Mm. And there's a fundamental, the interesting thing is, is there's a fundamental connectivity that stems from beyond that, you know, as, as she's the matriarch of the family, you know, two years ago we had a family union and there was a hundred of us together and mm. it was, you know, I don't see these people ever really uh we used to grow we grew up together but like but there's this fundamental it just goes to i don't know if it's whether it's genetic or family upbringing or all of the above and a mixture of both but there's such a, a level of connect connectivity and mutual understanding and camaraderie as a family um in my cousins and and, and all of that, I, I feel that. I don't know if they all feel that, but I feel like they're all a different expression of the same tree, right? We're all different branches. Yeah. Like they say, the family tree, but we are all different branches of the same tree. And if you feel that, like there's a tangible, this it's something so tangible that when you when I'm around them and I'm in, that, in the presence of that, what we enjoy and how we enjoy it and the way we appreciate things and the way that we... Um, you know the way we might eat meals together and play play games out in the you know thing or sit around the campfire and sing songs and do all of this sort of like cheesy stuff and yeah. but it's there this fundamental connection and i think that's amazing because that's why you know my dad's really quite fascinated by family history but i think that these generations that evolve and mix and turn and and it's it's just, it's fascinating to me to see how we all end up living maybe quite similar lives, just different parts of the planet, um, but with the same values all stemming from this matriarch. So I feel like the impact of a spiritual journey can be very vast, very, very vast. And, and to do that, you need to be participatory in it like you have to be in that process and it's slow and it's long and it's drops in the ocean, but it's there. You know. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. I mean, what about with you? I mean, your family because you're an only child, right? So this is a really different experience. Do you have cousins? Yeah, I've got cousins. So my I'm the only child of my mum and dad. My dad has a a daughter with the with um his second marriage, mm -hmm. and when my mum remarried. Uh, her husband had two kids from his previous marriage. Right. I remember at one point I had eight grandparents. What? And I was like, that's a lot of people because I had my my biological parents and then I had my step-parents and then their parents. Yeah. And it was like, this was when I was like maybe 11 or 12 or something like that. And it was all at once. And I was like, whoa, this is like a huge family. And it's quite overwhelming because like when growing up as well it was very much like just me and my mum mm. 
a lot of the time and especially me and my mum together through all of these through all of these changes of of family dynamics and so our relationship my mum was always very spiritual as well but she was not a churchgoer and not particularly religious like she the only religious habit and the only cultural habit she held from her from her inherited faith like greek orthodox was um we have these little sometimes we have these little ceramic uh chalices that you fill with oil and you flight it float a candle in the oil and there's a little pink candle Mm -hmm. and you um like a pink candlestick and you it's whack like a wax stick and you you light it Mm -hmm. and she would do that every now and again throughout the year like and not really talk about why she was doing it maybe it was the anniversary of her mother passing or it was just a stressful time or that she heard some bad news with the family or with someone she knew or and she would do this little ritual and I'd use candles to the same effect now actually like I use candles a lot when it comes to when I want to take a moment to just kind of be like what am I what am I what's going on what am I doing here and as I light different these candles I kind of think I pray in a way you know and but so I think that's this kind of spirituality that she has which she only could use the language that she was taught to express it which was words like god things like praying uh even though like we said at the very beginning of this chat it's like it doesn't matter what word you use it's all the same thing like Mm -hmm. it's it's fine they're just you know, praying is meditation or whatever. It could be. It's the same kind of thing. It's yeah. it's about how you, how you use it, you know, what you're, I use the word asking very loosely, but like, you know, what you're asking for, what you're putting out there, what you're looking to receive, you yeah. know, how you're trying to open yourself to something. And so I think observing her and also observing her grit through the life that she had, you know, two divorces, like raising me pretty much on her own her whole life also working full-time having a job that took her overseas six times a year still managed to buy her own home on her own with no help from anyone like (laughs) really just like and uh, and then buy a second property all on her own while I was still a teenager and stuff like she really like committed to creating a life for us and all alongside that incredible commitment and determination and bloody patience jesus christ i was such an asshole when i was little i'm sure of it she will she would never say that but i'm I'm, i think when i reflect back i'm like considering all these disrupted family upbringing situations i was a very kind of agitated kid just because there wasn't a lot of stability yeah but at the same except for that one stability which was my mum being like this really calming thing and spirituality was always there but I don't think I saw it when I was younger Mm. but now that I'm older I think when I think of when I think of my mum I really think about spirituality I think of her spiritual her attachment to the spiritual journey even though we never really spoke about it too much and I never really realized that it was happening growing up Mm. so it was maybe subconsciously it was working on me yeah no I mean I it's very clear when you meet your mum the the connection that you have, um, which is quite unusual for s- some people. I don't think you. I don't mm. know if you realise that. 
like you can see that there's a very strong connection and I've met a lot of people with their mothers right like there's something there that you have between you that is more visible than others I don't I don't know how to put my finger on it but it's it's quite mm. um it's quite beautiful to see that kind of connection that's kind of like as a mother that's the kind of connection you do want um with your children I think especially you know you your age when I met your mum and whatever you know like in your late 20s or whatever but uh it's just it's just really interesting to see so I think it's very very tangible and and those relationships are so important um, oh God, they're so important, aren't they? They really are. <laughs> yeah. For sure. They're like, they're the ones that teach you how to be a person. Yeah. They're, you model, you model your behavior off these things. And, you know, I think we're very, very lucky to have incredibly strong, inspirational and grounded, determined role models yeah. to kind of, to, 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 to move towards when we, we move towards being someone. Yeah. But also in saying that there are some people that have that op- the, all of those tools in front of them and they they don't follow the same path. You know, they go on a different way and maybe it's a destructive path or they don't see the gifts that they're given. And it's just one of those things, right, where it's life. Oh, man, like it's that opens up a door for me to a whole thing of, like you said as well at the beginning, like it's not something that's really understandable. We're too small to try and co- to comprehend that complexity of what we're exposed to and who we become and how we become it. It's full on. Yeah. And our beliefs about it are pretty irrelevant, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) What does it matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think. Mm. (laughs) Um, So what's next week? Oh, here we go. A thing that I never prepare for, even though I know the question comes <laughs> every single time. Next week is expectations. Oh my goodness. Expectations. That's going to be interesting. Expectation. And at first, when I first look at that, I think to myself, Oh, we can probably like add something else to it because how are we going to speak for an hour and a half on expectation? And then I think to myself, do not underestimate. (laughs) (laughs) I like this one. I think I'm going to like this one. Expectations. I have a lot of expectations. (laughs) (laughs) I have to harness my expectations all the time. So this is going to be a good one. I really want to get over the whole don't expect anything because then you'll never be disappointed because I think that you need to have expectations, Mm. especially of yourself. I think this kind of, there's a tough love in expectation. I think that's super valuable that we maybe take for granted when we throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's got to be some fundamental. Don't expect. There has to be something good in it. Yeah, Yeah, there's something that, I don't know. So I think there has to be some fundamental levels of expectations for yourself. I think for sure. Um, All right, next week for next week. Absolutely. All right, looking forward to it. Love it. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Sure, talk soon. Bye. Bye.